Greetings, I'm Brad Thomas, and this is After All is Said and Done. Welcome. After all is said and done, then we will know, won't we? But perhaps we can know now, if we choose to. I was watching a program the other night, and one character spoke to a man, to another man, and he, as diplomatically as he could, referred to that other man's son as being confident. And the father of the young man said he's arrogant. And he followed that up by saying, arrogance has changed the world's borders. Clearly reveling in that praising arrogance as being a virtue responsible for these great changes down through history around the world. Well, as far as the efforts that have been made by destroyers down through the millennia, to enslave the world, to dominate it, to create their empires and expand their empires. There's been more to it than mere arrogance. But arrogance certainly (laughs) plays a role. Makes me think of the oft-cited characteristic of the aforementioned self-confidence. As it is stated over and over and over again, you will hear it so many times that the most attractive quality in a man, supposedly as far as what women appreciate, is confidence, self-confidence. Terribly attractive, terribly important. Of course, (laughs) then... This also is followed by statements concerning women marrying the wrong men, being attracted to the wrong men. Because self-confidence by no means goes hand in hand with character and quality and decency and goodness and kindness and a few other things like that. But arrogance, self-confidence also brings to mind such outstanding examples as George W. Bush, who time and again stated that he never looked back, never, ever questioned any decision that he had made, never had any, (laughs) any, regrets about anything that he did. It's just just phenomenal. And I heard these statements made over and over. I don't mean to pick on him per se, because you can find the same thing with so many others. But the Clintons and Obama and on it goes. But at the same time, the idea that that is to be commended is something else. The fact of the matter is, unfortunately, but accurately, truly, self-confidence and arrogance are extremely helpful and useful in achieving personal success in this lifetime. Then there is corporate arrogance. Right? As far as that is an expression of arrogant individuals, (laughs) leaders of companies, but corporate arrogance. Arrogance that perhaps it brings to mind Enron and companies like that. But there are other characteristics besides arrogance, greed covetousness, 
self-serving <laughs> blindness and so forth. These kind of go hand in hand all too often. And the recent horrible crashes of Boeing 737 MAX 8 aircraft in Indonesia and just outside of Addis Ababa, Ethiopia, speak to this. Now, Boeing is going to get hit with some major lawsuits, major liabilities. But I expect insurance will end up paying the bill, paying the tab, probably insurance policies. And even if they don't, Boeing is going to be extremely fortunate. The company is going to be extremely fortunate. Because if if the Max 8s were not shut down nationwide and worldwide, there would be additional terrible, horrendous, disastrous crashes, terrible loss of life. There would be. Why is that? Well, because the 737 MAX 8 and MAX 9 aircraft are not the traditional 737 aircraft. Ralph Nader has said they should never fly again. They should be banned and so forth. And that might be overstating it, perhaps. But I can certainly understand his feelings, given the loss of a extremely wonderful, beautiful, intelligent, talented young niece or great niece of his, Samia Stumo, in the Ethiopian disaster. I can certainly understand his blood running hot over that. But Boeing is very, very fortunate that these aircrafts have been shut down when they have. But the flight systems, the combination of the jet engines and the characteristics of the aircraft and these souped-up safety systems that have been combined in these aircraft in order to overcome the inherent, endemic, fatal problems with these aircrafts is just an incredibly toxic mixture. Those safety systems have been responsible for causing these crashes. More and more information will continue to come out concerning that. What is, I hesitate to say interesting, appalling horrendous, is that in the months prior to this most recent crash outside of Addis Ababa, United States pilots, via a confidential safety reporting system of NASA's, had over and over and over and over expressed their grave concerns about the Boeing 737 MAX 8 and MAX 9 aircrafts, about their so-called safety systems, also about receiving inadequate training on these automation-assisted flying systems because of the difference between them and other aircraft. Unfamiliarity with the controls, the new controls for these aircraft, and the procedures that were supposed to be employed to keep these aircraft from coming down. 
prematurely. But they stated that over and over they had witnessed extremely concerning problems with the safety systems and that this combination of other factors of inadequate training on these particular systems, unfamiliarity with these different systems, that that caused them anxiety, leading them to engage autopilot earlier than they should. And autopilot is tied in with these wonderful safety systems so the planes will fly themselves. They will correct themselves. They will keep themselves from crashing. When in point of fact, they have resulted in causing the planes to crash. But at least two instances were cited where the planes pitched downward and maneuvered against the pilot's efforts. Exactly what took place in Indonesia and in Ethiopia. But Boeing, Boeing is too big to fail. And Boeing's not about to fail over this. No. Even if Boeing is forced, as it should be, to take back all of its aircraft to cancel orders in place and to take back these other aircraft and to refund them. And that's not going to happen. There won't be refunds. They won't be taking aircraft back. But at least to honor cancellations of orders and therefore refunds pertaining to those cancellations, even that should not cause Boeing to fail. Boeing is tied into the defense industry intimately and receives a great deal of its revenues and profits therefrom. The pilots, you know, there has been this attempt by some (laughs) to place blame on the pilots. It's not the aircraft, it's the pilots. And yet the pilots of the Indonesian 737 MAX 8 that crashed, killing all aboard, and just minutes after takeoff, and then the crash of the Ethiopian Airlines 737 MAX 8, just minutes after takeoff. In each case, the crews of these aircraft followed, performed the procedures recommended by Boeing to save their aircraft. (laughs) But instead, instead, instead of saving the aircraft, instead of saving the lives of all aboard, resulted in the deaths of all aboard. So, I thought it was just a wee bit worth stating. I know it has been all over the place as far as media coverage and so forth, but feel the need to mention it again. And I'm sure you've heard that these particular 737 MAX airplanes do not come equipped standard with all of the necessary safety features. That's right. That's right. You know, you go to buy a vehicle, an automobile, a truck, an SUV, a van, whatever it happens to be, there is the standard equipped vehicle, which which the dealers may or may not have on hand. And then they have those laden with options. And not that I have purchased a vehicle this way ever, but I remember in my younger years 
my parents taking us and going to a dealership to see about purchasing a vehicle. And lo and behold, you couldn't purchase a vehicle standard. (laughs) Not from the dealership. All of them had all these extras, these options, which increased, inflated the prices of the vehicles substantially. And you'll see that on advertisements on TV and in magazines and online and whatever, is that it will say, you know, the manufacturer's suggested retail price is, oh, I don't know, 30000 or something like that. But then it will say, you know, as in fine print, that for this particular model that they're showing you, as it is equipped, it's actually $56,980 or something like that. All of these extras that cost so much. Well, it's one thing when those extras are luxuries, when those extras are vanity packages, additional accoutrements for causing the vehicle to look that much more fancy and so forth. It's quite another thing when they are critical safety features that the vehicle needs to operate safely. But Boeing, being the responsible corporate citizen that it is, does not equip these 737 MAX 8 planes with the critical, as it has been shown in these crashes, angle of attack indicator, nor with an angle of attack disagree light. Now, Interestingly enough, following these crashes, Boeing is now going to be providing the aforementioned angle of attack or AOA indicator to airlines at no extra cost. Or, uh, pardon me, I got that backward. It is the angle of attack disagree light that will not cost extra. But the AOA indicator will continue to be a luxury add-on. Isn't that great? (laughs) It's like, you know, denial, for lack of a better way to put it. And I'm not talking about plausible deniability here. I'm talking about denial denial of culpability, denial of responsibility, denial that that there are critical, fatal problems with this aircraft. And Boeing should be knocking itself out here and should absolutely now, in damage control mode, absolutely positively, insist on providing these two features at no extra cost and on retrofitting every 737 MAX 8 or MAX 9 that has left the depot there. (laughs) Recall them and retrofit them at no extra cost. That's what they should do if they want to demonstrate what responsible, caring corporate citizens they are. I'm not talking about the employees of Boeing. I'm talking about Boeing Corporation under the leadership of its CEO and COO and so forth. Okay, Chief Executive Officer, President, Chief Operating Officer, and what have you. That's what they should do at a minimum. But That's not to say that that's what they will do, because after all, uh, we need to have these other more important things take priority, take precedence, right? So one thing that caught my eye, again, with corporate Boeing was this, is following these terrible crashes and now in the midst of investigations and 
coming out with reports on what is responsible, what has been gleaned from the information on the black boxes. Corporate Boeing made the following statement this week. Quote, we urge caution against speculating and drawing conclusions on the findings prior to the release of the flight data or data and the preliminary report, end quote. We urge caution, yes, against speculating and drawing conclusions and placing blame. We urge caution. Really, well, what caution did Boeing exercise before rolling out the 737 MAX 8 and MAX 9 jets. It seems like there was a rush, not to justice, but a rush to sell them and to deliver them. I mentioned previously about Ralph Nader and his niece, Samuel Stumo. I'm guessing that family members, loved ones may likely have, may, emphasis on may, may have called her Sam, something like that. I don't know. It is a name that I have never come across, Samuel Stumo. But there was a statement made by her mother, I believe, that I thought was especially poignant. Quote, those in charge of creating and selling this plane did not treat Samya as they would their own daughters. End quote. Well, perhaps. But, you know, some people are just incredibly callous. Right? Some are. And some would not treat their own daughters. <laughs> the way that they should. But this girl, 24-year-old American woman who was working for the Health Systems Development Organization, ThinkWell, out of Washington, D.C., she was sent to Ethiopia on behalf of the company. And just a wonderful girl, described by her family as being, among other things, being very brave and a beautiful girl. Well, Ralph Nader's family Samia Stumo's family have filed a federal lawsuit against Boeing. And if I can locate it, I believe it also included uh, some other defendants, such as the Ethiopian airline, which I don't understand, really don't understand that, but... Another day, I shall say more about this, except, again, let me just quote Ralph Nader here for a moment. Ralph, who is not one of my heroes, all right? (laughs) But he said that Boeing's engineers were mercilessly pressured to speed up development and delivery of these planes, What about the caution that Boeing wants everyone to exercise before reaching any conclusions? These same corporate executives, who I would think, reasonably speaking, would quit, would resign, or be forced to resign, they mercilessly pressured Boeing's engineers to speed up in order to compete with Airbus. 
Isn't that fascinating? That's a, again, that's according to Ralph Nader. Maybe he's wrong. Maybe he's totally wrong. All right, maybe. Uh, but I'm not going to bet that he's wrong. And from Ethiopia's transport minister, the following. As the jet began nosediving, the pilots repeatedly performed all emergency procedures provided by Boeing. But they were not able to control the aircraft. It crashed in clear weather, six minutes after takeoff from Addis Ababa Bole International Airport. The crash should never have happened. Well, again, I will say more on that another day. But what about Brexit? We will get to Brexit just for a a minute or two in a moment. But first, let me say this. I'm Brad Thomas, and this is After All is Said and Done. And whatever is right and true and correct and good about this program is thanks to God Almighty and his Holy Son, Jesus Christ. Whatever's lacking, erring, deficient, that is on me. That is due to me. But let me come back to this statement to one more time briefly that, quote, those in charge of creating and selling this plane did not treat Samia as they would their own daughters, end quote. That statement needs to be reworded ever so slightly for my purposes, and that is this. Those judges, those prosecutors, Those defense attorneys have not treated the girls and the young women and the women that have been kidnapped, raped, murdered, slaughtered, tortured as they would their own daughters. And instead have treated the destroyers of these girls and young women and women as VIPs, as diplomats. Instead of punishing them with one fraction of what they have inflicted upon precious, wonderful harmless, helpless, loving, kind children, little girls, young girls, young women and women, and pregnant women, women with child, and women with children. Our Supreme Court for the past half century plus, going on a century now, And so many prosecutors and so many defense attorneys, not to mention the media's assistants, have not treated the girls, the young women, the women that have been preyed upon by the worst of the worst of the worst. with one ounce of the love and compassion that they've deserved and instead have treated the destroyers exceedingly, exceedingly, obscenely favorably, in line with what all of the popes have wanted. And you will hear from me on that (laughs) again, I guarantee it, if you tune in to a program 
So concerning Brexit, what's up for Brexit? Well, you know, this new deadline is April 12th. It is looming. Yes. But Jean-Claude Juncker, the European Commission president, has confirmed that Brussels, Brussels, the headquarters of the European Union, will not kick a member state out of the European Union. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that magnificent? Oh, Jean-Claude, you just, uh, that is just so precious. That is just so good. So, in other words, Britain will not be pressured to leave the European Union. Shocker there, right? So, what are the possible dates of departure for Britain from the European Union? Well, first, let's start off with a date of never, okay? Because all of the concerted forces, including the aforementioned European Union, have been working as compared to not working. They they actually, this has motivated them to work, uh, working to keep Britain from leaving the European Union. Yes, all manner of political forces in Britain and in the European Union have been conspiring, dare I say, to keep Britain from leaving the European Union. So that keep that date in mind. Never, okay? I think that's the most likely date is never. But other possible dates range from, again, the 12th of this month, all the way up to December 31st, 2020. Wow. I mean, that's quite a range, isn't it? 21-month span there as far as possible dates. But again, uh, my own uh, guesstimate is never. Or to be determined is another one that that, uh, I did not include. To be determined. Yes, so it's exciting Uh, as far as whether... Whether what was voted on by the majority of the voters there in Britain for Britain to leave the European Union because of all the damage being done to Britain. Because of Britain not being able to govern itself thanks to the enslaving, suffocating influence of the European Union. But again... My guess is that uh, it's going to be totally thwarted. It's been undermined and <laughs> in every way, and I, I will be surprised if it actually takes place, and if it takes place, if it is more than a nominal exit. But in any case, moving on to a story, a story of just, oh, my... Um, Standing up against haters. Yes. Standing up against haters. Oh, my. Well, well, let me go to the beginning of it here. A particular woman of some kind of color describes herself as a brown person. Rebecca Mankey of Palo Alto. Palo Alto. Think Silicon Valley. Right? Silicon Valley, Palo Alto, California. Well, this woman spotted a man who had the temerity to come into a Starbucks in which she was wearing a hat, a baseball cap, a red baseball cap that said, make America great again. Oh, my gosh. Can you imagine the offense that she felt? Can you? I mean, clearly, what could be more offensive than that? Make America great again. So she took matters into her own hands. This sweet, delicate flower of a woman. She confronted him. Well, what that means actually is she accosted this man. This man who is not a young-looking man, I might add, with his white beard. But 
Then she threatened him on Facebook. Oh, boy. Talk about low there, huh? (laughs) And here's what she said. Quote, anybody in Palo Alto know this freak? He will never forget me and will think seriously about wearing that hat in my town ever again. Okay, you're calling that confrontation? That's not confrontation. That's accosting. That's threatening. But the, the bravado here is just, is just tremendous, isn't it? He will never forget me and will think seriously about wearing that hat in my town ever Again, I own it. What does that remind you of? Does that remind you of anything at all? It reminds me of those Native American Indian representatives there in Washington, D.C., who accosted the Catholic teenagers as they were trying to leave Washington, D.C. to board their buses, waiting for their buses, boarding their buses, and they were accosted by these guys. And lo and behold, the media picked it up, and the Catholic bishop with responsibility for their high school, Concordia High School, he threatened to have those young people expelled from school. Oh, but then he later, he backtracked and he said, he's on their side. Oh, yeah, it was great. But that's what it reminds me of, because they were saying loudly, aggressively stating that this nation was their nation, as in theirs exclusively. That's what the Native Americans were saying. But it just is kind of reminiscent to me of that. Same kind of loving, generous spirit and representing the same side of the political aisle. Mm. Yes, you know, those open-minded, open-hearted people to the left. Well, Rebecca Mankey, she also said the following that she's going to make, quote, make him feel as unsafe as he made every brown person he met today, end quote. (laughs) Outstanding. Furthermore, in Starbucks, where she is merely confronting him, not accosting him, not threatening him, merely confronting him, standing up, for what she believes is right, standing up against fascism. Because she said, you see, uh, on Facebook, if you see him in this hat, and I don't know if she posted a picture of him, but if you see him in this hat, please confront him. Please, please confront him. You do not want to be the person who didn't speak up as we slipped into fascism. Oh, yes, this woman is fighting against fascism with every ounce of her being. And let me just give you proof of that. So in Starbucks, after coming over to this man, Victor, she turned to the rest of the people in this Starbucks to the rest of the Starbucks customers, and she said, quote, Hey, everybody, come over here. Let's get this guy. He's a hater. I'm calling him out. He hates brown people. He's a Nazi. End quote. Hmm. Who is it that's the hater? Who is it that's the fascist? Hmm. Who is that? Let's get this guy. He's a hater. I'm calling him out. He hates brown people. He's a Nazi. Interesting about brown people instead of black people. Anyway, I just think that's fascinating. But after all of this took place, the music store that this woman worked for 
caught wind of this. And they fired her. Oh, my gosh, how terrible. After all, she's obviously a goodwill ambassador for that store. And what was the response of this terrible Nazi hater of brown people? What was his response? What was Victor's response when he heard about that? He said he felt bad that she had lost her job. Yes. But again, there's the stark, stark, stark contrast between what is purportedly true and what is true. And this dear woman, she represents a huge portion (laughs) of Democrat core voters. But... Dear thing that she is. Meanwhile, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, one of my very favorites, she had a Twitter exchange, I guess, with the commander-in-chief. And she said, we're going to need a copy of the president's tax returns from 2013 through 2018. And Trump supposedly responded. I mean, how is he involved in this? I don't know. But this must have been when he... Must have been, because it said so. Quote, no, I'm under audit. End quote. And our champion, Alexandria. Quote, we didn't ask you. End quote. All right, take that. Take that, president. Well, speaking of president, we have all kinds of outstanding options being made available to us. Like, oh yes, political activist, former Georgia state representative, and now self-styled author, Stacey Abrams. On her to-do list, on as told by that incredibly unfunny and incredibly successful TV comedian Stephen Colbert, she has a run for President of the United States as definitely on her to-do list. So exciting. We can look forward to this. And we can look forward to it soon, apparently, because she refused to deny that she's planning to join the 2020 race. It is just, it is just too good. It's just too good. Meanwhile, another one who has joined the fray is Eric Stalwell. Eric. Little Eric. Only 38 years of age, but he's been in political activity since he was in college. That's right. So he's a four-term congressman out of Northern California. Think, you know, San Francisco, Bay Area, California. And he won a city council seat. While he was at U Maryland, U Maryland, known as, has been listed as being the number one party school in the nation <laughs> a year ago or whatever, and probably still is. But anyway, he's playing all sides here. And uh, with regard to, he's promoting gun control, but he, he shoots uh, and so forth. So great guy. And, um, Adolf would be happy to to have him <laughs> working alongside their confiscating guns, registering guns and confiscating guns from the wrong people. But what about Joe Biden? Joe Biden, senior statesman, 
right? <laughs> I don't know if he's ever been accused of being a statesman. He probably has. He undoubtedly has referred to himself that way. But politician, political hack, U.S. senator, vice president, presidential candidate, all-around good guy who is as touchy-feely as, as any politician I've ever seen, in addition to being a very, very rough, tough, Frank Sinatra-ish <laughs> street fighter politician and all-around thug, he also is just this incredibly touchy-feely guy. And woman after woman has been coming out saying that he makes them feel uncomfortable, that they've had run-ins with him. Well, no, not run-ins. What's the proper term? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, not dalliances, nothing like that. But simply situations where he has imposed his loving kindnesses on them, his empathy, his compassion, his understanding, his desire to understand them and to pull them close and to rest his head against theirs and, and to interact in a, a mentally intimate way with them. And, uh, what I thought was fascinating is that Reporters have asked these various Democrat candidates for president, of which there are so many now, have asked them what they make of these allegations against Joe Biden that he has engaged in improper behavior <laughs> with women. And lo and behold, what I expected, what I expected, and I was mistaken, what I expected was that they would all demure and they would say, well, you know, he's, he's a wonderful American. You know, he's a great American and he's been a great public servant. And uh, uh, we will just let the facts speak for themselves. And I don't care to comment further on that, on my fellow Democrat. And but no, <laughs> no. I didn't see that from anybody. One after another after another <laughs> gently piled on. And I just thought it was fascinating. I'm not going to give you any quotes about what they said because, oh, no, I shouldn't do that. But, and there will be more coming out anyway. But one after another made it very, very clear. They stood behind these women, and they believed everything they had to say. <laughs> and it was, I just thought, too much. Just not what I expected. Not what I expected at all. I really thought that they would yield the floor to the senior statesman, that they would defer to him, that they would demure to the questions of the reporters, and they would emphasize their respect and their admiration and and their belief in Joe Biden. But no, <laughs> none of them did that, as far as I could see. And something I came across, it was just an article, and the headline was that the defining divide here in America. It isn't about left versus right. It's old versus young. And I understand where the writer is coming from. I just happen to fundamentally disagree. Because just like those Roman Catholic high school students who visited Washington, D.C., back uh, at the anniversary of the abominable Roe v. Wade, Doe v. Bolton decisions to express their opposition to such evils as that, as induced abortion, just as those young people represent, there are young people 
right across the spectrum. <laughs> to to lump them together, it's the young ones, and then it's the older ones. The older ones are all together too. You know, they're in unison. There's this homogeneity. There, you're in the older group, which of course I am, and then there's the younger group, and it's old versus young, young versus old. I mean, I understand it from the standpoint of the entitlement programs and what have you, but. I just fundamentally disagree with it. I think that the conflict is over people who believe the truth, people who have hearts for truth, people who worship God Almighty some way, shape, or form, meaning, you know, they're professing Christians, what have you. They have some regard for his word. I'm not going to limit it to those who worship him in spirit and truth as compared to those who despise God, regardless whether they, you know, claim to be Christian or otherwise. No, I'd say it's <laughs> it's the pro-God people and the anti-God people. I, I see that as more a more important divide. But speaking of divides, I saw an article and one of the statements made in it was, quote, breaches everywhere, multiple, multiple breaches, end quote. No, that is not me mispronouncing britches. No, 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 this is not britches. This is not pantaloons. This is not jeans. This is breaches, breaks, holes. Speaking of levees that are giving way and allowing areas from Nebraska through Iowa, Missouri, all across the Midwest to suffer terrible, disastrous, catastrophic flooding. But I may speak on that another day as well I should, but what caught my eye was the statement, the line, breaches everywhere. That describes the United States of America the cheesecloth of the United States of America. This is a nation riddled with breaches. It is supposedly sole world superpower, or, you know, it was recently, (laughs) okay? It's world superpower, and it is on top of the heap, and it is so strong and powerful and mighty and what have you. But, Thanks to those of the left, like that woman that I referred to, thanks to those and thanks to all of these wonderful Democrat candidates and thanks to senior statesman Joe Biden and all of these other great ones, this nation is riddled with damage. And it is very, very much in desperate trouble And it is far from safe and secure. I'm Brad Thomas, and this is After All is Said and Done. After all is said and done, then we will know, won't we? But perhaps we can know now if we choose to. Thank you. (laughs) 